0: It's a historic episode of the show today. We have the NFL's first ever week 18 to discuss. If you're still in the fantasy championship for whatever reason, I'll have some players to start either in redraft, DFS, or weekly best ball. And I'm talking cheap, under the radar options. But first, I'll dish out weekly superlatives, followed by our normal 10 takes minus five i'll explain why in just a few moments then i'll wrap it up with your questions and boy are there some juicy ones a couple of them aren't even fantasy related so i'm super excited as should you but as a final treat i'll even read the best rosters that you sent into us all right here on the breakout football podcast on the believe podcast network sponsored by link me I'm Zach Cohn of the Draft Network. You may have noticed that intro was a bit different, like it was missing something. That's because Cole Topham, my beloved co-host, is sadly in COVID protocols. So Cole, you'll be missed, man. But the show goes on. And what better way to kick things off than with our weekly superlatives. This one came to me probably a couple of weeks ago, but I wanted to save it till the end of the season to see if something more developed, if something changed. And boy, did it. My too little too late superlative, Russell Wilson, my man, you missed a month. You come back and you drop two duds. Can't even hit 10 points. Then all of a sudden you decide to turn things up. You get good footing for three weeks Then in week 15, a pivotal week for lots of fantasy managers who are in the playoffs or are trying to get into the playoffs, you drop 4.2 points. Then this past week, week 17, what is normally the final week in fantasy championships? 27.8 points. Russ, Russ, it's too little too late. I honestly can't imagine any team was going into the championship with Russell Wilson as a starting quarterback. How? It's just been a bad pick all season long based on the inconsistency and the injury. It's really tough to rebound when you miss a whole month and you don't have your starting quarterback for that time in fantasy. Now, me, like I picked up Kirk Cousins, and he saved me a couple of weeks because I did have Russell Wilson on my team. Rest in peace to me. And he did all right but I didn't make it to the ship. I didn't make it to the ship. And it's kind of weird because, you know, as someone who like talks about fantasy and obviously produces content about and you're listening to my podcast right now about it, this really seemed like the year where I just didn't care that much about my team. Maybe it's because I'm starting to look more objectively at the players as really I have been over the past few seasons. Maybe it's because I've started playing best ball, which to me is way better than redraft. It's so much fun. We'll do some off-season content related to best ball for sure. Maybe it's just a multitude of those factors combined. Like, I still had fun playing fantasy. The fun levels didn't die down. I just, like, if I lost, I don't know. I didn't really care. Still had a winning record, still made the playoffs. This was just not a season that I really cared too much about my teams. Something or someone I have cared about a lot recently – braxton barrios this is my back superlative because i have been on the Berrios train since jameson crowder went down with an injury a couple of weeks ago he was my top waiver target last week what does he do he makes me look good he followed up with 12 targets and 25.7 points i would consider him a strong wide receiver two going into the final week again if you're playing daily fantasy trying to create some best ball leagues, or if your championship is still going on for some reason, why you would want to extend your championship into the most meaningless week of the season for roughly 20 NFL teams, that's beyond me. Maybe more, maybe more than 20. Like what, Joe Burrow today already came out and said he's resting. Joe Mixon's out with COVID. But again, there's going to be more announcements of players who will be resting and why you would want to bank your all-star championship worthy lineup on the final week of the season is beyond me. That's absurd to me. Something that is not absurd to me is Link Me. I talked about it at the top of the show, how they are our beloved sponsor. And more than that, they are an amazing new social media platform with thousands of new users joining daily. You can start posting on their feed to gain new exposure your personal brand or business can boom just me alone. I've seen my page and the page I run link me football gain, like triple the amount of followers or links as they're called in the app over the past few weeks. Approaching a thousand people alone on my profile, I would just have to imagine there's a lot more than that in the app, just based on all the people posting on all the links being shared. Because the big draw to me for LinkMe is that they're a link sharing platform. You can put all your social profiles, all your website links on your profile, shared with anyone. You're given a, given a custom QR code to connect. just makes it so much easier to meet people and really network with them so again that's the link me l-i-n-k-m-e on the app store or however you get your apps that brings us to our 10 takes normally cole and i have five players for each other we dish out a take spit some fire about them obviously it's just me today so instead of 10 takes we'll do five takes and my first take comes on a player who I was really high on coming into the season, but I expected him to really pick it up later into the season, which he's kind of done. Maybe not to the extent we thought, and it's Trey Lance. And can you just imagine drafting Trey Lance, thinking, oh, he'll come out by week eight, come in by week nine. That's when he'll be named the 49ers quarterback. No, no. He had one start earlier in the season. He's about to make his third start probably in week 18 after starting in week 17. And at first glance, he did have a good performance. I mean, he was a QB one. It may seem like an outlier because he played against the Texans, but interestingly enough, the Rams who the 49ers faced this weekend have allowed more fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. And at this point in time, we don't even know who the Rams will trot out there. They could still vie for the division. They kind of need to playing at the same time as the Cardinals. So Rams, Lewis, Cardinals take that division. And also, what are the Niners going to do? They need to play their best players because they're fighting for a wild card spot. That seems like Trey Lance to me. He also just has so much rushing upside. Like, that's pretty apparent. I would start him, which I will get to a little bit more later. And I really want him on my team next year. Like, it seems like the arrow is only going up for him. One player who is already at that stardom level that many think Lance can aspire to reach is Dalvin Cook. Maybe not to the same extent, but Cook was just another example of a rough week for top running backs my goodness austin eckler dalvin cook like just just think about this for a second in regards to cook he saw just nine carries nine carries he typically sees 16 to 18 he played just barely over half the snaps and scored 4.3 points now i get it minnesota was down big basically all game and think about it how cook missed four games this season You just know next season he's not going to stay healthy. He just doesn't. He's still a great player. He's still someone I'd want in the first round for sure. I know Jamie Eisner, my colleague at the Draft Network, has Cook in his first round of his too early 2022 mock draft for fantasy, which I totally agree with. I just wouldn't want to spend a top five pick on Cook. Although, honestly, I wouldn't want a top five pick at all. That's way too much capital to have invested in one player – who, if he gets injured, like we saw this issue with McCaffrey, like with Henry, like with Barkley, possibly in some other leagues for some reason, then your team just kind of gets screwed over. That's where players like Sony Michelle come in. And my take on Michelle, pretty simply, is I don't really want to touch him. And look, yeah, he filled in very nicely for Daryl Henderson, filled in very nicely for Cam Akers all three of them kind of just like rotating around in that swirl of a very talented backfield. But to me, it just screams the word replaceable. Michelle had not been good in New England. He had been a total bust of a first round pick. Then Daryl Henderson comes in, kind of picks up for Cam Akers left off last season toward the end. I don't want any of these guys. Now, then again, Michelle is a free agent, so we'll need to see where he goes. I think he could be a solid RB2 for another team. He could maybe be like an interchangeable starter for another team. I just don't know if I'd bank enough of my fantasy season on Michelle. We'll still need to see where he lands for sure. But right now, especially maybe to all the Rams running backs, I don't really want to share of them. I also don't think I want a share of this next player, but man... Has he been balling Zay Jones, everybody? My goodness. He's popped off the last few weeks with week 17 being the cream of the crop. Not only did he lead all Raiders and targets, but he also hit 100 yards for the first time this season. His deep ball prowess just syncs up beautifully with Derek Carr, who's currently fourth in league passing yards. Jones has also steadily seen his targets rise over the last few games. In fact, is the 10th most among all wideouts in the last four games. I like Jones to an extent next season, but this season, oh man, he is my favorite play this week. He's playing the Chargers, a very suspect secondary. We know he won't be expensive. If Darren Waller comes back, that might take more of a hit on Jones. But even then... You can't cool what's too hot toward the end of the fantasy season. I like Zay Jones a lot this week. Another player who I like a lot in my final take, my final of the five takes before we get into some players to start and sit this week, mostly just start, honestly. Kyle Pitts. Now, I will admit, I was a fan of Pitts coming into the season. But it was uh it was it was tempered. I wasn't over the moon about him. I wasn't saying he is the must-draft tight end of the century like many people kind of suggested. I think that could be next season. Just just look at these stats for a second. So not only is Kyle Pitts the first rookie tight end ever to hit 1000 yards in a season. He has the most fantasy points by rookie tight end in over 30 years. He has more receiving yards than Jalen Waddle, more receptions than Devontae Smith. All the while being, one of two players this season with 100-plus targets and just one touchdown. See if you can name the other one. Credit to Michael Florio for the stats via Twitter. Now, Pitts does enter this game against the Saints, just 58 yards away from breaking Mike Ditka's record for most receiving yards in the season by tight end. And I like him. I like him this season. I would start him in week 18. I don't know if I'd spend as much money as certain fantasy leagues or best ball tournaments would want for week 18, because I think he'd probably be like the fifth, sixth, or even fourth most price tight end. But as for next season... I'll gladly take Pitts in the same spot as this year. He was a tight end five, tight end six in most leagues. And again, it seems like he had an underwhelming season because he only scored once. But he's currently tight end five in total points per game. Total points, pardon, because in total points per game, he's tight end 10. I think the arrow's only going up. There should be some positive touchdown regression heading into the 2022 season. I love him next season. I like him if you're trying to win some money in week 18. Some other players I really like this week, per my waiver wire slash DFS article for the Draft Network, normally I'll do a waiver wire pickup article every week, then I'll follow it up with a start-sit article. That start-sit article will come out on Friday for more specific, more slightly less under the radar players, I guess, if you will. We're going to get kind of nutty, so I'm expecting some relatively under the radar players to be on there as is this article right now. I'll just tell you some players I like, whether you're still vying for a championship or you're playing Daily Fantasy or best ball. You got the drift at this point. I already talked about Trey Lance. I think my big dark horse is Davis Mills, but that's really only if you're desperate or just cheap because I think you'd rather spend a little bit more money on a better quarterback. But I will say, Davis Mills this week is facing the Titans. And as of now, again, we don't know who's resting or not for the Titans, but Mills has been playing fairly well. He did only put up 8.9 points at San Francisco last week, but he was averaging 16 points in three games prior to that. So I think Mills could quietly have a decent enough week this this week. Some running backs are like from Andre Stevenson. We don't know if Damian Harris will play against the Dolphins. Again, the Patriots kind of have a playoff spot, Locked up. Well, they do actually. So they don't really need to put in Harris. I like Stevenson a lot. We saw what he could do last week 22.7 points, two rushing touchdowns. Dari Ogan Bawale, the Jacksonville running back, filling in for the injured James Robinson. Kind of a do it all back. You know, he had 38 rushing yards and only two catches, but he managed to get 14.8 points out of that thanks to a receiving touchdown. He's the main back in Jacksonville. I expect him to see the ball a bit more in the passing game against the Colts, and the Colts need to win to get in. So there's that. I keep an eye on Le'Veon Bell too, and I can't believe I'm saying this. I actually tweeted out earlier in the week. Try telling someone five years ago that Le'Veon Bell may start for the Tom Brady-led Bucks, the defending Super Bowl champs, in Week 18. Can you imagine that? That's that's a weird sentence. And even weirder when you think about he's replacing Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. Now he did split time with Keyshawn Vaughn, but I just don't think Vaughn's a good running back. I don't really think Bell is good like that much anymore, but Bell was clearly the preferred receiving back to Tom Brady. Will that happen again this week? I don't know, but I'd keep my eye on Bell for someone cheaper. Some other running backs I have to consider Amir Abdullah, Duke Johnson, Alex Madison, and Ernest Johnson. As for the wide receivers, Already talked about Berrios, who's my top waiver target last week. Still top waiver target this week. He should be in all rosters. I would imagine he's relatively cheap, as is Laquan Treadwell. I also have talked about him now for two weeks in a row. He's just been the model of consistency. He just dropped 14.7 points with no touchdowns, six catches on six targets, 87 receiving yards, and not a single score. I like him a lot. He's been really consistent over the past few weeks. He's a good option to have. I have Zay Jones here too. Like him a lot, as I've already talked about. Some other guys who aren't getting enough hype. Rashad Bateman for Baltimore has quietly regained his footing as a solid wide receiver two in Baltimore. He led the team in targets and snaps last week. Doesn't matter to me whether it's Lamar Jackson or Tyler Huntley. Bateman has proved to be a positive chain mover. Like simply put, I really like him for cheap this week against a Steelers secondary that Cole would probably call a Swiss cheese secondary. Cause it's got a lot of holes. I also like Antoine Wesley too, a lot he's been really nice filling in for Deandre Hopkins, not a huge target share by any means, but just keeps finding the end zone. So I like him keep an eye on Cedric Wilson, Alan Lazard, T Y Hilton and Freddie Swain. If they play as for the tight ends, I've been kind of hot with picking tight ends in the past few weeks, like Harrison Bryant scored, And I'm like, Hey, I said he would score. So I guess that's another pat on the back for me. Maybe. I like Cameron Brate this week though. And I think a lot of it has to do with the potential that Gronkowski sits. We also just don't know who's going to be available as a pass catcher for Tom Brady or whoever's storing passes in Tampa Bay is Mike Evans playing. Don't know. I would think he probably would be healthy enough to but in my mind I look at Brayton. and I say he's not someone who I would imagine Bruce Arians feels inclined to really rest so he could be getting a lot of targets and potentially another touchdown he's been really efficient in the red zone he scored last week five receiving yards two catches on three targets and a touchdown gave him 8.5 points I like Bray I think he's sneaky and he will be cheap I like Tyler Conklin too Again, not huge. It's kind of like the anti-Cameron break where he won't score, but he'll see a good enough target share. Last week, he saw nine targets, and I know that Minnesota was playing from behind a lot. Don't really expect much of that this week. But with no Adam Thielen and K.J. Osborne kind of deciding when to show up or not on the field, figuratively, of course, I like Conklin. I would take those guys as cheaper under-the-radar options to start this week. And with that, we have come to the part where I get to your questions. And, man, did we get some good ones. Oh, my goodness. Before I read some of my favorite rosters that you guys also sent in, we'll start with Hunter underscore champion. A is the four. My man, Hunter, probably the listener of the year, always sends in great questions. Had to dive into this one. He simply goes, strategies and sleepers for next year season never ends you are right hunter the season never ends let's run through the four main positions some quick strategies some uh i didn't really do any sleepers just because the positions and the situations will always change throughout the offseason so stay tuned for that but i think general strategy what i learned with a quarterback i want a top quarterback you just need to have one it's pretty clear who they were this year between Allen, Herbert, Brady, Mahomes, Rogers, Burrow, Stafford, Hurts, Dak, and Murray. Those were the top ten quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins at 11. I want a top eight quarterback next year. I don't know if I'd take one in the third round. I probably wouldn't. But I want to be right in the middle of the quarterback run. If i got to take one when I feel a little too early, possibly I would consider that. Although I do think, looking ahead, there are a lot of candidates – for breakouts between Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, maybe Trevor Lawrence, maybe Tua Tagovailoa, whatever team he's on. Deshaun Watson could be back in the fray. So looking at it right now, I want a top quarterback, but I also am very intrigued by some of the later possibilities. As for running back, I think it's pretty simple. You just hope they don't get injured. You might want to load up on running backs at the bench, honestly. like I normally like to do to balance out my running backs and wide receivers, like generally I'll say I'll have like five and five of each or four and six of each. But I think next year, like maybe I'll get one, maybe two receiver on the bench and just kind of load up on running backs. If I feel confident with my tight end, then I'll possibly avoid a tight end. Same thing with my quarterback. I normally like to have two quarterbacks as the pool gets really thin. Whereas tight ends, they are normally guys you can pick up like this year, Dalton Schultz, Dawson Knox, you could have picked up within like week three or week four, and you would have been fine, wouldn't have had to draft a backup. So, just kind of really hitting on those running backs and loading up on the bench. And it kind of goes to the wide receivers because they will always emerge. It's way more rare to find a good running back. I would still take receivers later than running backs, at least my first two, but I would want to target proven high volume with the receivers. I think this season, my big flaw was I bet too much on upside with players like Allen Robinson and Terry McLaurin. I didn't have the greatest year for veteran receivers. I hit on Cooper Cup, which was nice. Uh, I was off on Jamar Chase, but then again, he wasn't a veteran. The rookies this year just balled out in general. I will continue to target rookie receivers, that's for sure. As for Cole's favorite position, the tight end, I'm still shooting for a top tight end, baby. I am still eyeing a tight end within the first couple of rounds i want mark andrews i want travis kelsey i don't know if i want george kittle i think with the durability that's a little bit in question i don't know if i'd want dalton schultz we'll see what the wide receiver situation is like in dallas because then schultz could act as a de facto wide receiver three possibly although i do like cedric wilson long term for you dynasty folks kyle pitts TJ Hawkinson now if you look at the top five in total points you have Andrews, Kelsey, Kittle, Schultz, and Pitts. Hawkinson was top five in points per game too so right away those were five of the six first tight ends taken. You should definitely go grab a top tight end which brings me to the next question asked by Devin620 league winner Devin620 might I add. Who is your tight end one next year? I've talked about it before on the show. I said it a couple weeks ago. Give me Mark Andrews. I want Andrews. The trajectory is just pointing up. Kelsey, still great. Still may be great next season. But he might have plateaued also. I can't really see that being the case with Andrews. And I know there were a lot of injuries. Seemed like he played a little bit better with Tyler Huntley. But at the end of the day even if they gain some real running backs back, I think Andrews is just a tight end one. Feel free to go listen to my more in-depth explanation about that in last week's episode. This next question coming from Joshua. Dat Warner, 23 another devoted fan of the show. Not his first time. He's sent in a really good question. This one for all you Cooper Cup fans. He says, based on Cooper Cup this season, what do you think his ADP will be next year? Honestly, Josh, I'd be shocked if he fell past the middle of the second round, and that's for 12-teamers. I would expect him to be probably a late first-rounder, early second-rounder at best just based on the positional value. A lot of people will definitely expect him to not perform as well as we all should. But, again, still he could be a top-five wide receiver pretty easily. He's good. He's in a great offense. I like him a lot. I probably would not expect him to fall – past the first four picks of the second round, I'd be shocked. At least in 12 team leagues, that is. However, I would expect this player to fall. And it was asked by Saquon29. And it's not about Saquon Barkley. It's about another NFC East running backs. He goes, I'm in a fantasy dynasty. I have Jamar, my franchise player, and then Zeke. At what point do I sell on Zeke before it gets too late? This year, you think? That's a good question. Saquon 29, I would sell Elliott 100%. Look, yeah, he was RB6 in total points. He didn't really get injured, but he was also just RB15 in points per game among running backs to play at least 10 games. And that excludes Derrick Henry and Christian McCaffrey. It was pretty clear that Elliott's fallen off. You can make an argument like Theo Ash did earlier on in the season that Tony Pollard is a better running back there. And he's... Still on his rookie contract next season. So I would look to get rid of Zeke. And if you want a, some other players to try and get, you could try to go for a Dave Montgomery. You could try to go for a DeAndre Swift. I think his stock's probably really low right now, just based on how it ended. It'll definitely peak once more in the offseason when people realize, hey, he actually played really well this season. So I would target Swift. This next question before I get into some best lineups I saw on TikTok. It's not a fancy question. I just felt like it's important to address. From Dylan underscore Moffat 78, how do you feel about the A-B situation? We all obviously saw Antonio Brown's antics in the Jets-Bucks game. And I think it's easy to make fun of him and criticize him. And it's all warranted 100%. He bailed on this team in a very arrogant and childish manner. But I think it kind of goes to a broader discussion about mental health in football. It just seems like so many people are willing to crack jokes at his expense. And again, they're warranted he put himself in that situation. But I'd love to see a bit more discussion on mental health in football. I'd like there be more, hey, he needs help, rather than, hey, he sucks. It's just a kinder mindset to be and We could all benefit from spreading a lot more positivity, both on social media and just in our lives. If your first thought is, man, how can I bash this player? What, like what what, type of life do you really want to live with that? And I get it. A lot of big, prominent people on social media, on TV, are echoing similar thoughts of, hey, this guy sucks. Let's bash him. And that's their choice. I'm not here to say like you're making the wrong choice by any means. But it's just so much nicer for you, you individually, to just take a step back from the criticism. There's no need for any of it. I know we live in a world, especially in a, this fantasy football or football community in general, where you can't like everything. Like, look, Baker Mayfield goes out there, it stinks. And you could just say, well, look on the bright side, I'll get a new home, like, that's great. But nine times out of ten, you're going to have thoughts that clash with someone else, especially when you're talking about a player like Antonio Brown, because there aren't many nice things to say about him. It's just to show sympathy rather than savagery to a player is such a superpower. And I would love to see more people doing that, especially more mainstream ones. And again, look, I'm not defending Antonio Brown by any means. He has been the furthest from a positive role model. I just think the world would be a better place with less criticism and more reflection. So that's my stance on that. And with that, I do want to spread some more positivity because I did ask specifically for some of you on TikTok. Because Cole and I, we're on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. I'm on link me for your best lineups. And boy, did y'all not disappoint. I got some right here. Let's read them out. This one from Jack's. Underscore Calder 25. He goes Brady, Camara, Eckler, Evans, Cup, Kelsey, Brown, Green Bay, and Ryan suck up. That my friend is very nice. Very nice. I I did ask for the teams like how many teams are in each league, didn't get a response, but I just felt like that was such a good enough lineup. I had to to at least address it, you know? Another team that looked pretty good, that was a 12-team league, is from, I'm not going to try to read it, I'm just going to spell it, I-S-C-I-R-I-C-A, Kyler Mixon Barkley, Patterson, Tyreek, Connor, Keenan, and A.J. Brown. That could be the best team I've seen. That could be. And it's a 12 teamer. Major snaps to you, my friend. Major snaps. Another one I really liked. We Sam Ibrahim, I would hope, 316. 12 team. Kyler, Najee, Cook, Chase, St. Brown, Diggs, Debo, Pats, Carlson in half PPR, 181 to 121. Are you kidding me? That, I take that back. That might be the best team I've seen, at least for half PPR for sure. My God, how you navigated those is beyond me. So I think those were some of the best teams I saw. As always, if the show, if I, if Cole, if we helped you get to your fantasy championship, by all means, let us know. We love that. I know some of you guys have already been sending DMs. Seth Fine out there, another long-time listener of the show sending his championship winning squad that's awesome look we appreciate the feedback we really do like at the end of the day we just want to help you guys win at the bare minimum we want to help you have fun because that's all this is it's a fictional game based on a real game that we don't have any influence over you can play what you think to be are the best players every week it's not going to happen sometimes. It's fine. It can't be perfect. Nobody is. That's why we keep going back to play it, to try to be perfect. But in that pursuit for perfection, maybe we'll achieve some happiness. Maybe that's all we need. So with that, as always, you can find me at Zach Cohen, Fb on all social media, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, link me, no MySpace, sorry. Let me know how your team did, how we helped. I know Caleb Bailey was already out there saying he won his league because of us. Appreciate that. Drop a review as always. Comment on everything you can. We see all the comments, all of them, literally all of them, which is great. So feel free to drop a review. Follow the show of a lot more off-season content. Next week is a big show, a big show. We're bringing in some guests to help us crown award winners. MVP, our Rookie of the Year, Bust of the Year, Breakout of the Year, all with some help from some old friends right here on the Breakout Football Podcast. Cue that outro music, baby. We will be back next week for week one of the playoffs, as we will continue to do throughout the playoffs. But until then, as my good friend Cole Topham would say,